want to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Colossians chapter 1. Let's look, start in verse 25. Before we start, let me just give you a helper. Can I do that? As you read the four Gospels, you find out that Jesus came for a specific purpose. That purpose was to introduce something called the kingdom of God and to come and usher in that kingdom for the people who were there. Paul wrote most of the New Testament. He didn't write a total amount about the kingdom, but about the main event of the kingdom, which was the spirit of God living inside of people. That's what most of his teachings are about, that God was once again going to dwell on the inside of human beings who then could manifest that God from the inside into the natural realm. So Jesus talked about the kingdom. It's coming. It's coming because those people back in then, the kingdom wasn't here. But once it came... Paul said, hey, man, it's here. Now the God's going to live on the inside of you. So here he's talking in verse 25. He says, whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Now notice he had a time of dispensation. Say a time of dispensation. How many of you know each and every one of us have a time of dispensation? It just wasn't Paul. You've got, you've got a time here. You're going to be here so many times, years, and then you're going to get out of here. So Paul had a time of dispensation here to do it, and he came here to fulfill the word of God. Say, fulfill the word of God. How do you know one of your calls is to fulfill the word of God? You're here to prove to others that in the kingdom of God, healing belongs to you. Peace belongs to you. Joy belongs to you. All these things belong to you. So to fulfill the word of God, you have to be and do what the word of God tells you you are and can do. All right, look at verse 26. He says, I'm talking about even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations, but now, say now. now. Say now. now. Now, when is now? Now. Now, <laughs> now is made manifest to his saints. Now, praise God. I'm glad when I studied the Bible, I found out that anybody who's in the kingdom of God and born again is a saint. When I came out of denomination, I had to die way 2,000 years before they canonized me. And then I couldn't get the revelation until then, and it was too late because I was already dead and in the ground. But they gave me a halo on a picture, and that's the best that they could do, praise God. But notice, we're all saints. You're, do you know that? You're a saint. You are sanctified to Jesus Christ, to God the Father. So you're a saint. All right, even the mystery which has been hid from ages, from generations, but now is made manifest, to whom Christ would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ where? In you. in you, the hope of glory. So here's Paul. Paul's teaching. What does he want to teach? He has a timetable to teach, basically, that God once again is going to live on the inside of people. And when he comes on the inside of people, he brings everything that he has with him. Uh -huh. Hallelujah. Glory to God. See? He brought his wisdom. It's in you today. Amen. He brought his power. It's in you today. He brought his knowledge. It's in you today. The peace of God is on the inside of you today. He brought everything with him when he came to live on the inside of you. Now, the church for years, I mean, they've heard about how he died and lived on the earth for a while, how he was raised and seated, and everybody knows how he's coming back soon. But there's been very little revelation on that Christ and the kingdom live in people right now. Amen. 
Many people have been told that that won't happen until they get to heaven. So what do we do? We just go through earth in our own way, fumbling around, stumbling, making mistakes because we think we have to fend for ourselves. You don't have to fend for yourself because someone and something greater is on the inside of you every single day. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now notice he said this has been a mystery for generations. Why was it a mystery? Because the only way you can get the revelation of Christ in you is to have Christ in you. See, the Old Testament people, if they preached this, they wouldn't have understood it. They said, what the heck? Are you nuts? God and people were afraid to even go close to a holy mountain. He's going to strike us dead. But in the New Testament, then now he's telling you basically there's something here. And when Christ comes to live on the inside of you, the day that you got born again and came to the kingdom of God, now you can get the revelation of Christ in you by Christ in you. Amen. God, that's good, isn't it? Every, relation you, every, every revelation you get, you think you got, you got it through Christ who was in you. And how many know he knows a lot? Yeah, he's got a whole list of stuff he knows. So we start to know that stuff. How? By the Christ that lives on the inside of us. So when he moved in, he brought everything we need is already on the inside of you today. Say, Christ in me. The hope of glory. Now, let me just touch on glory a little bit. What is glory? What is the hope of glory? Does that mean Christ in me and Christ is going to be glorified or whatever? Basically what Christ does when you got born again and even when you were born on the earth, God put things on the inside of you that you have special giftings on the inside of you. Each and every one of us are different. I have a different, different gifting. Latasha Ben have a different gifting. My wife has a different gifting. That's already on the inside of you and it's to the measure of Christ. Think about that. My gifting What's the limit of it? Christ. You don't have a half a gifting. You've got the Christ gifting on the inside of you. So whenever you find out what that gifting is by the, the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and start to do it, you are manifesting the glory of God which is in you out. In other words, I'm called to teach, I'm called to preach, I'm called to pastor. Uh, every time I get here, every time I teach, every time I counsel, every time I preach, I get wisdom from God, from the Christ on the inside of me, and I'm releasing God's glory in that situation. Now, I don't want to do something that I'm not called to do just because someone else is called. Because if I don't have the gifting, I'm going to end up in a mess. Depressed, down and out. I just can't do this right. Absolutely, you nailed it. You can't do it. So it's important to find out the giftings on the inside of you. That's why Christ and the Holy Ghost is working in you. Not out here. He's working in here. Say, he's working on the inside of me. Right in here. Say, even this morning, even this morning. He's, working on the inside of me. he's working on the inside of me. All right, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. All right, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, look at verse 17. Probably don't have it underlined or anything because people look at it and just run away from it quick. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, But he that is joined unto the Lord is what? Is what? So the day that Christ moved into me, I became one spirit with him. I didn't stay myself. I became one spirit with him. I was joined to him on the inside. The, the Bible in 2 Corinthians says, I became a new creation. Old things and all things became and all things in me are of of God. All things in you are of God. So I came and I became one. So by a miracle, you were born back into the place that Adam was back in Genesis chapter 1, where you were in the image and likeness of God again. 
That's who you are. You have the image and likeness of God. That's who you are spiritually on the inside of you. You have authority. You have dominion. You are instantly, by a miracle, say by a miracle. miracle. Everybody's looking for a miracle, and everybody's not even taking advantage of the real miracle that took place in your life. You've been joined to the Lord. And sometimes, sometimes he equates it to getting married. When you join to your wife, you become. When you join to the Lord, you become. Now, this, this is good because, and it was difficult because when I saw I became one with him, I said that means that everything that I got and everything I own and everything I got belongs to him because we're one. And God said, well, so what? Everything I own and everything I got belongs to Wow, that's a good deal. My God, that worked out all right. Sounded like a bummer. But no, everything he's got belongs to you. Why? You're joined to the Lord. You've become one with him. You're one. So what does the Holy Ghost do on the inside of you? He immediately goes to work to start to change your idea of who you are. Because you're not who you are anymore. By a miracle, you became something else that he created as a brand new creation. And here's the difference between kingdom and religion. Religion tells you to become something, but do it through your own efforts. God tells you to be something because you are by simply believing what he said you are. Amen. And it's a big difference between, well, I'm trying. I'm try- are you righteous? Oh, man, I am trying, trying, trying to become righteous. I've been trying now for 42 years, and I think I'm just about ready to move into it. No, when you believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you will start to live and act like you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And the only thing you changed, basically, was your believer, not through your efforts. Your efforts will wear you out. And that's why when churches teach people I'm a sinner saved by grace, they're going nowhere with God. What are you, a sinner saved by grace? Well, God doesn't hang out with them. He's got nothing in agreement with them. He's got no thoughts, no nothing. He's hanging out with somebody that doesn't even agree with you. But notice, through a miracle, you were made the righteousness of God in Christ. Through a miracle, you are a healed creature. Through a miracle, you are a loving creature. I'm just trying to love. Are you a lover? I should say not. Well, then you're not going to do it. You're going to love one minute and punch him in the nose two minutes later because you can't do it in your own efforts. It takes the Spirit of God on the inside of you to get it done, and you do it by faith. We advance from faith to faith and another level of to another level of. But if it doesn't start in faith, you go nowhere. Do you have any power? I should say not. God has all the power. Well, then, what are you going to do? I'm going to stand back and watch God do it. Well, he's not going to fly down here and do it because he's going to do it through you, through the Christ on the inside of you. So we need an identity change, don't we? And the Bible says, now we are the sons of son of God. So I'm a son of God. I'm going to believe like God. I got the same God DNA. I was born of God. So on the inside of you, you have got to change this to see yourself as someone born of God. And now you are one with the spirit in him. That means here's Jesus. I've done greater works, but greater works shall you do. Why? Because the Christ that was doing the works through Jesus is the same Christ that's going to do the works through you, only there's going to be millions of us hopefully doing it rather than one person. Come on, that's all he was saying. He said, you can do the same thing I can do. Oh, we can't do that. That was was Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, well, it was Jesus, but Jesus was never showing you what you couldn't do. He was showing you what you could do with the Spirit of God on the inside of you. I mean, they're out in a boat, and the boat's starting to sink, and the disciples jump up in faith and say, we're going to die. I mean, they've been in school for two years. Imagine being that teacher. Jesus probably went, oh, my God. Father, Father, Father. Yeah, boat's going to sink. So he stands up, says, peace, be still. And then he goes to them and says, I'm so glad you guys didn't die. No, what did he say? 
He rebuked them. He said, why, why didn't you do it? Why did you wake me up to do it? And you didn't have to wake me up to do it because you could have did it yourself. So he's always telling us what we can do, not what we can't do. Religion tells you what you can't do and what you've got to work your way into doing. But no, it was by a miracle the day that you got born again, it took place in your life, and you are changed. You are now one spirit. The water walker you're desiring to be is already in you. The mountain mover you're looking forward to is already on the inside of you. The power of God you're looking for is already in you today. But we want to put it off into the future. Well, it's coming in the future. It's coming, it's coming. People have been doing that for years, but he already came. You already got born again. You're already filled with the Spirit and full of Christ, and everything that he has now lives on the inside of each and every one of us. So stop fighting your sins so much and start believing who you are. So you've got to figure out who you're at. You've got to know who you are. You got to know. It took me a long time to understand I was righteous because I've been told I was a sinner, sinner, prayed a prayer that said I was a sinner, sinner, and I was fully convinced I was a sinner. And you know nobody had to give me a class on sinning? I was good at it. Cussing, expert. If I'd have wrote all the words down I made up. See, there was nothing to it. But when I found out it was the righteousness of God in Christ, it became difficult for me to sin because that wasn't, you know. I, I'm a male. I'm not going to come here this morning in a dress. You're welcome. Why is that? Because I know that I'm a male, and I, do you understand? I don't do that. Well, when you find out you're righteous, you won't have any problem with sin anymore because you'll know it, does, it doesn't fit. It doesn't, I don't wear sin. I don't do that kind of stuff. You're going to find out in situations and circumstances now, instead of whining and crying, you've got power on the inside of you to handle every circumstance and every situation. All you need is a word on it and the Spirit of God on the inside of you, and you can be victorious in everything rather than failing all the time than living in your failures for 20 years. Whatever happened to you in the past is over. You can't change your past, but you can change your future. People live in the past all the time. This is what happened. Oh, they did this to me. When did they do it? 42 years ago. Well, my God, get over it. Let it go. Move on. People make mistakes, for goodness sakes. And I'll tell you, religion makes you critical. Because I've been trying to become righteous. I've been trying to be a good person. I've been trying, and it doesn't work. So I want to find everybody else's faults. To make sure their faults are worse than my faults, which puts me up another level. Yeah. See, yes, I'm a liar, but they lied four times. I've only lied once this week, so I take a step up. <laughs> so you're critical of everybody else. Once you become critical of everybody else, then you don't grow on the inside because God's not concerned with your opinion of everybody else. He's concerned with what you've got on the inside of you. And that's where, that's where growth stops. It ends. And there you are stagnant. God left me. No, you left him. He's just not moving. Yes, he is. He's in there. He's stuck. There's no spirit flow. You're constipated. Come on, right? That's the way it is. And you're going to blame everybody else. Well, I was on fire I started working out with them and being with them and being. No, turn it around. You're the only one that can give yourself an enema. Come on. You're the one God wants to deal with. He's the one. Because you've got to understand that I was joined with the Lord. I'm one spirit. I'm back in Genesis 1 where I'm now in the image and likeness of g g God himself. And people got a problem with that, don't they? Because you've got to renew your mind to this stuff. You've got to concentrate on it. You've got to see it. So basically, it, here, here's, here's the, one of the best lines I've ever got from God in my life. You are the way you are because you think that's the way you are. My God, that's good. Think about that all the time. Well, I'm having a bad day. Well, why are you having a bad day? Because I think I'm having a, a bad day. Then the more I talk about having a bad day, the worse my day gets. So I've got to find somebody to blame it on because I sure didn't cause it. 
They had to be somebody else, praise God. So then you get critical, then you get judgmental, and that's what religion wants you to do. It wants you to do everything by yourself. And when you get it done then, when you have a good day, you want everybody to pat you on the back because you live very nice today, and then the next day you don't want to talk to anybody because you messed up. But everything that we manifest is manifested because of God and the Christ on the inside of us, so you can't take credit for anything. Nothing. You can't take credit for nothing because everything you're doing is by the ability of God on the inside of you and he's living on the inside of us. So everything you get done, I can do all things through who strengthens me. Where's Christ? So how can I do all things through? Not through myself. I can't change myself through myself. I can't get rid of bad habits through myself. I simply change my identity of who I am. And once I understand who I am, I'll start living like who I am. I mean, look at the world today. People's minds are so messed up. They think there's something they're not. And they'll fight for the right to be something that they're not just because they think they're that and they're not that. And anybody with half a brain can tell they're not that. (laughs) I'll even go as far as a quarter of a brain. But see, whatever God or the devil can get you to believe is what you'll live in. If you believe that you're sickly, you will live sickly your whole life. If you believe you got no power, you'll never manifest power. If you believe you're a sinner, you were a sinner. You got born again. And the day that you did, a miracle happened in your life. Go to 1 John chapter 4. All right, 1 John chapter 4, look at verse 17. It says, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, we hope to be someday. As he is, we're trying our best to be in the local church. As he is, when we get to heaven, we'll be just like him. No, as he is, so are we. Where at? How many of you are in the world? Yeah. Right now, as he is, so are we in this world. He's trying to tell you. He says, now we are the sons of God. But it doesn't appear yet until you see him. Why? Because we're growing revelation. Basically, you're in rapture mode your whole life. See, you're slowly being raptured from the inside out. And you control the pace of that rapture. Because the day that you see him, no matter where you are, if you think you're a sinner saved by grace, you die and go up and see him, you're going to instantly find out that you were stupid. You're going to see him like he is, and you're going to say, that's who I could have been, and instead they told me I was somebody else, and I acted like a fool. And No, no. So the more that we see of him and rely on what's in us, the more we change into who he is and allow him on the inside to work on the inside of us. Are you following me? Yeah. Notice, as he is, so are we in this what? So I'm going to believe that. I'm going to believe I'm a habitation of God through the Spirit. I'm going to believe I'm in the temple of the living God. I'm going to believe I'm one with Him. I'm going to believe that as He is, so am I in this world. And when I do that, I put faith in that. Say faith in that. I will go from faith to faith again, and then one level of to another level of glory. So without faith, you'll never manifest any of the glory of God in you because you can't manifest the old you. Well, you can. I take that back. Let me take that back. You can. But that's not who you are. But you're acting like that because that's who you believe you are. Never living up to the standard. I'm trying my best to live up for I'm trying. God just wants you to believe what he did. 
in the miracle and who you are now, and you will start manifesting. I mean, like I told you a long time ago, I saw that scripture in Colossians where it says, be patient. And at that time, I started saying, I'm the most patient man in the world. I'm the most patient man in the world. It come a time where I want to choke somebody. I said, can't do that. I'm the most patient man in the world. Somebody pull out in front of me. I want to go, I'm the most patient man in the world. Started coming, and I, once I started believing I was the most patient man in the world, I've become the most patient man in the world. But it didn't happen because I struggled. It didn't happen because I wanted to punch that guy, but I counted to 10. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. No, it did it because I, I know who I am by him. And this in the church, most of the church is called pride. It's never pride to believe God. If you believe you're a sinner, you're in pride because you're contradicting what God has already said about you. So come on. It's pride. You're the righteousness of God. Never forget the service. Somebody stood up in the middle of the service and rebuked me. I was talking about being the righteousness of God in Christ. He jumped up and said, pride comes before a fall. I thought, dear Lord, here we go. Been in the ministry two weeks, for God's sakes, and here we go. I said, it'll be about two more weeks. We'll run him out of here. That's for sure. He ain't going to be around here very long because we ain't going to change. But what was he thinking? He was always taught that you're prideful if you claim anything, if you claim to be holy, claim to be righteous. The Bible says when you greet your fellow person, give them a holy kiss. How can you give them a holy kiss if you ain't got any? Paul called himself the holy apostle. <gasps> Pride. What was he thinking? Did he backslide? No, he knew who he was and the Christ he had on. He knew the mystery. See, but the mystery, the reason why the Gentiles don't understand the mystery is because most of the church don't understand the mystery. And if you don't manifest the mystery, the Gentiles can't see the mystery and could care less. So the church needs to understand there's a mystery. And we've had 2,000 years to do this, but you don't hear too many people talking about it on the inside. The Bible says, greater is he that is than he that is in the That should be enough for victory right there, you'd think. I mean, that ought to be enough. Every situation you run into, well, greater is he that's in me than you, this problem right here. And Holy Ghost say, here's how you do this. Praise God. Here's how we're going to do it. And just because you run into trouble, don't think it's always the devil. Sometimes you're just going to run into things. And that's why he told you to tread on. Not go around and just walk right over the top of them, man. Just step right over the top of them and go. Why? Because you've got Christ in you who is the hope of. So here it says basically on the inside of us, as he is, so are we in this world. So we need to start trusting in who we are and what we can do. Go to Philippians chapter 2. Kingdom is easy. Believe God. Whatever it says, just believe him. Whatever, if it says you're holy, bless God, I'm holy. If it says you're righteous, I'm righteous. If it says you're blessed, I'm blessed. If it says you're whatever, I am. Why? Because he said that. Even though your surroundings may not line up with it, they will. When you agree with him, the supernatural kingdom of God will start to come through the inside of you and your lack will turn into abundance. Your sickness will turn into health. Your sinner will turn into righteousness. It'll change, but it won't change because you did anything or anybody else because of what's on the inside of you. The power of God on the inside of you will change that situation in your life. Praise God. All right, Philippians chapter 2. Look at verse 13. For it is God which works in us both to will and to do of his good what? All right, so here's God. God's on the inside of us. Christ on the inside of us. We're a habitation of God of the Spirit. What's the Spirit in order to do? First of all, he's getting you to will or to desire what God desires. I mean, no, before you were saved, you didn't desire anything God desired. Those things you desired were anti-God. 
So what happens? The Holy Ghost starts working on you. All at once, I don't want to go to the bar that much anymore. I don't want to drink anymore. I don't want to do all these things that I used to do. Maybe gamble, maybe whatever. I don't want to do them anymore because there's a change on the inside of me and the real me on the inside don't want to do this stuff anymore. The old me loved it. Couldn't get enough of it. Got addicted to it. But the new me changed. So he comes in and he starts changing your desires. All at once, you've got a desire to go to church. And the friends you were running with think you're nuts. Are you coming to the card game on Sunday morning at the bar? No, I'm going to church. They said, we've lost him. We've lost him. He has flipped out, man. I don't know what's the matter with him. I mean, once he wanted to help people. Before that, it was me, my, I, do it for me or get lost. All these things change by the new nature on the inside of you. So notice he wants to show you what he desires for you to do and what he put in you. But notice then he gives you the ability to do what he's called you to do. It's his ability. It's not your ability. So what do I have to do? I have to be in agreement with the desire he gave me and the ability will start to work in my life. It'll never work if you don't agree with him. You're called a pastor. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. I'm the Holy Ghost. I said, you're called a pastor. I ain't pastoring because I don't have the ability to do it. I'm just not going to do it. And you know, how people, you know how people can be for good sakes. You're God. I'm like, dear Lord, give me a break. No, you need to do it. Fine. Yeah. You're right. I'm a pastor. Praise God. Once I did, the power of God. You open the Bible. You see the word it, and you got four sermons on it. And then you go to the, and you got two, two notebooks on the. And all at once, what was inside of me started working on the inside of me. Latasha struggled with that for a while. She was called and told by a lot of people. She was called to preach, and she had trouble believing it. But once she believed it, how many know the anointing works with that now? And she's got no problem talking about God, about God. I'm going to help you there. About God. <laughs> yeah, she's got no problem now. Because she'd stand up with the microphone and give a 10-minute thing, and all at once, bang, there she goes. Why is that? Because the ability on the inside of her took over. Praise God. It takes over. This morning after praise and worship, I just started to talk, and the Spirit of God just took over and started saying things. Was it rehearsed? Was it on paper? No, praise God. I don't know where it was. What is that? It's the flow of the Spirit of God on the inside of you who wanted to reveal something into this body so that he did. So now I've got the will and the desire to do it, and I've got the ability to do it. What happens if I don't trust the ability on the inside of me? I'm glad you asked. Look at verse 14. Do all things without murmuring, complaining, and disputing. See, now if I'm going to do what God's calling me to do, desire on the inside, and I don't know I got the power to do it, then I'm going to try to do it, and I'm going to end up murmuring, complaining. Well, I thought I was called to do this, but I'll tell you what, nobody wants to cooperate with me at all. This is just ridiculous. <laughs> I've just had it with these people. I can't take it anymore. Nobody wants to help me. Nobody wants to step up. No, yeah, well, if you let God do it, it'll be a lot easier for you to do it. You know, there's a lot of people in the ministry who are trying to do it on their own. I'll tell you, that's the worst place you can be in your entire life without the Spirit of God and the anointing of God on the inside. So what are they doing? Murmuring, complaining. Oh, that congregation I got. <laughs> Why is that? Because they're not doing it in God's ability. They're trying to do it in their own. So whatever you're called to do, I don't care if it's music, I don't care if it's couples, singles, adults, kids, whatever. If you try to do it without the Spirit of God, you're going to end up critical, complaining, murmuring, doing all these things because you're trying to do it in your own effort and you can't do anything God tells you. It, it, if he told you to do something that you could do, it'd be easy to say yes. Yeah. <laughs> right? But he tells you things you're not able to do. So first of all, you're rebuking the devil. But all, once you find out it keeps coming back and it's actually the Holy Ghost, and then you say, I can't do that, God. And God says, good, right where I want you. I can't do that. Good. 
I'm glad you finally figured that out. Now trust in me on the inside of you to reveal wisdom to you, knowledge of how to do it, how not to do it, all these things on the inside. And how many know every single one of us have giftings on the inside of us? And God's going to give you a desire to do something with that. And they're all different. And this is why you can't sit around judging everybody else's desires when your desire isn't their desire. You know why it isn't? Because it isn't. I just don't like the way they do that. Well, are you called to do that? No, then shut up. <laughs> How do you know? How do you know if you're not even called to do that? How intelligent are you to figure out the best way to do this? I mean, people without an ounce of pastoring anointing want to come tell me how to pastor. I just say, thank you for your, your great wisdom. I'll write that down. But See, it's not their call. Don't try to tell other people how to do their call. You're going to have enough trouble dealing with your own. Amen. Because there's calls. In it. Some of it is visiting people. Some of it is loving people. Some of it is causing people. Some of it's like Luann's got, she houses people on Thursday nights for the, for the meeting that they have and stuff. Not my gifting. <laughs> Don't come to my house on Thursday night. I don't have a gun, but I could get one. <laughs> See, it's not my gifting. It's not my thing to do. It's not hospitality. But boy, you go to her house, she's running all over the place. Everything's... You almost get tired watching her operate in her gifting. Don't you? Say, my God, is she ever going to take a breath? But that's a gifting on the inside of her, see? A gifting on the inside of each and every one of us. There's giftings that are in there. And God shows us the desire to do them. Then when we step into yes, say the yes. yes. All the promises of God are. Yes. And. Amen. So not just yes, no, yes, no. Right. I mean, you know, sometimes we vacillate between one or the other. I'll do it, God, on Sunday when the anointing's strong. We've had praise and worship. Pastor just threw a word out there. I'm going to change the world. Monday morning, wake up. That might have not have been a very good idea, I don't think, is it? <laughs> sounded so good yesterday, but it don't sound so good today. See? And then you go back and God will bring it up again. That's what he does. And he'll bring it up again. And he'll bring it up. Finally, you'll say, yes. And you'll finally say, amen. That's it. I'm done. Do it. And all, once it starts to flow on the end, start, it starts happening. The gifts of the Spirit, sometimes you have to receive them before you enter into them. Amen. And then some people want to enter into the gifts of the Spirit and claim one and just stay there with it. Why? I mean, God's versatile. He knows what needs to be done. Maybe that doesn't need to be done in the situation you're in, and another one will manifest. But you're not going to get anything from God that you don't believe that you got. It takes faith to believe that, doesn't it? It takes faith what's going on. So here it says they'll complain and dispute him. But look what happens. Look at verse 15. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst. Say, in the midst. Say, in the midst. Now notice, most of the church don't want to be in the midst. They want to get out of here. Off to glory we go, off to glory we go, go to glory, I see the pearly gates. I... Everybody's trying to get out of here. Why? Because they don't know they got Christ in them and they're living in hell down here already. Get us out of here, Lord. Come back, Lord Jesus. Come, 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 come. Because they don't know they've got a purpose down here. They don't know God's got a plan for them. They haven't developed the desires on the inside. And the ability on the inside of them is not functioning in their life. Here it says they can be sons of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Of whom you shine as lights. How do I do that? I hold forth the opinions of my friends. No. Holding forth the word of. So I'm going to hold forth the word of life. Are you righteous? Yes. Are you holy? Yes. Amen. 
Anointed? Oh, yes. Yes. Pastor? Yes. Patient? Oh, patient. Yes. Yes. Yes, patient. Now say, how can you say that? Hey, don't blame me. I had nothing to do with it. He made me that way when I got born again and came into the kingdom of God and now lives on the inside of me. So we got 90% of the church trying to get out of here because life's so bad. And we got about 10% of the church trying to do what God's called them to do. And that's why it's taken so long to get the whole world under the kingdom of God where it belongs. Because you don't want to follow someone who's failing. How you doing, brother? Well, I've been sick last week and my dog died and my cat's sick and, and everything. Would you like to be a Christian like me? No, thanks. <laughs> My dog's doing fine and my cat's healthy. Stay away from me. There's no example there. Why would you like to be like that? Nobody's ever gone on Facebook and wanted to be like me to play basketball. But they have to LeBron James. Why is that? Because one is successful and one isn't successful. See? He was, he was created to do that. I was not. See? Hallelujah. And just think how much better he'd be if he just used the Christ anointing. Hallelujah. The difference he could make. The... Hallelujah. All right, one more. Go to John 17. Played basketball Saturday morning and uh, ended up guarding this kid I'd never seen before, never... Saw him before, he came up beside of me, looked like he was about eight. <laughs> and I said, how old are you? He says, oh, I'm 17 already. I thought, dear God. I said, do you know I was 50 when you were born? <laughs> I said, so don't be running around all over the court on me. You're either staying up with me and let me keep up or I'm going to hold you. Because I've got wisdom for somebody that old. If you start getting away from me, I'm going to grab your jersey, praise God. And you ain't going anywhere. That's the way it's going to work. So we either do it my way or do it your way. doesn't make any difference to me. All right, John 17. Look at verse 13. Jesus is speaking, and now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world even as I am not of the world. I pray not that you should take them out of the world, but you should keep them from the evil. Now, if he's praying that I stay in the world, the last thing I'm going to do is pray that he takes me out. Chances are I'm going to fail. Look at verse 16. They are not of the world. Say, I'm not of the world. Notice, even as he is not of the world, sanctify them through your truth. The word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the two. Truth. Look at verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through your word. How many know that's you? Hallelujah. Aren't you glad he just didn't quit with the disciples? All right, verse 24. That they all may be one as thou, Father, are in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the whole world may believe that thou hast sent me, and the glory which thou gavest me I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. Now notice what Jesus prayed for. He prayed that we would become one with him. When did we become one with him? When you got born again. How many know his prayer was answered? But you don't have to claim your oneness with him. 
or your union with him. You can claim to be the same old person you were before you were joined to him if you want to. But we don't want to do that because he prayed that we would be one. He got his prayer answered, but then we've got to renew our minds to understand that we are one with him. We can do whatever, praise God, needs to be done. We are all one. And we didn't do that when we die and go to heaven. Everybody wants to wait and die, go to heaven, and be like him. Well, you'll be like him too there, but you've passed a whole lifetime here that's not here. Now, illustration. The church says that Jesus is the head and we are the the body. So Jesus is the, and we are the, we are the, and he's the head. All right. Now, if you're going to claim to be something different than the head, you're an abnormal creature. I mean, I didn't call Ben this morning to say, Ben, you coming to church? He said, yeah. I said, are you bringing your body with you? (laughs) Or is your head just coming today? Why is that? Because it's impossible. For the body and the head not to be joined. See, this was a significance. One time when I read about John the Baptist, and they got him, and the girl danced, and the king said, ah, ah, and, and you know how they killed him? They did what? They cut off his, they separated his head from his body. The devil's doing the same thing today. He's separating the head from the body. So we're severed. So we've cut off the life of God that's in us, basically because we don't want to claim what he did for us. We want to claim our lives and what we're doing, what everybody told us, what religions taught us and all that stuff. So we're just going to live as an ordinary person. I'll tell you, ordinary Christianity is boring. I had more fun when I was a sinner. Didn't you? Didn't you? Then trying to be a Christian? My God, I wanted to, I wanted to go back and be unborn again. But once you start living in who you are and what he's made you and the privilege he's given you and the victory that he's given you, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith in what? In what we think? In somebody else's opinion? In religion? Faith in the word of God and what God has said about each and every one of us, praise God. So you are who God says you are this morning. You've you got to believe who you are this morning. Don't talk yourself down. There's enough people to do that for you. Find out who you really are. Start to believe who you really are. You're a healed person. Every morning I get up and say, thank God that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Are you saying that to get healed? No, I'm saying that because I am healed. Well, confess the word 42 times. You'll get healed. I don't have to get healed. I am healed. I'm confessing it because I am healed. See, there's a difference. We've been taught to get things from him. We don't have to get things that he already gave us. We just got to thank him for it. Praise God. So when money gets tight, you just thank him that he provides all your needs according to his riches and glory. How can you say that? Well, that's what he said. And either he's a liar or he's not. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. Glory to God.